0: Welcome, everyone, to this week's Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuk. I'm joined, as always. I say, as always, and then, like, so at some point, you're not going to be next to me for an episode or something. I'm mean, going to be like, fuck, I I advertised falsely. Yeah. I'm joined this week by my co-host,
1: Acronym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I actually showed up today. <laughs> you showed up last week? No, I mean, just in general, like, oh, yeah. we're just saying that I may not be here. Yeah,
0: it's like, point. It at, sure some, at some point, um, and then the Twitch chat is going to blow up with like, she's always there. Where is she?
1: Yeah, no, I'll be, I, I'm the John Cena of this
0: podcast. You know what that means. We've got a great uh, guest for us. We had two guests, technically, yes. uh, the, the, the company is called possum punks they make a whole bunch of cool stuff for tabletop rpgs that's going to be our topic today which you uh admitted during the interview you have no uh yeah you you have no
1: <laughs> stranger things is is the only knowledge i have of like dungeons and dragons right I, i'm too dumb to play munchkin um <laughs> the, like you guys, guys kept you saying say that maths yeah and all the math that you guys were talking about and i'm like no wonder i don't know how to play this i am awful at math.
0: It does. Uh, being being an RPGs do, do involve uh, plenty of math, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> as always, we'll end up with our serotonin boost. And as always, we start off today with the headlines. See, I can do it nice. I don't have to. You're just trying to see if the AI will do something funny. <laughs> no,
1: I'm just adding more work because you have to chop me out now. <laughs> You don't have DMX anymore, so so no. you have to have some I can bring him back. <laughs> I honestly at this point now that he's gone, I wouldn't. No. Just just in case you don't want his family to come after you. That's fair. <laughs>
0: So we're still starting off the headlines with a bunch of gaming news. The first being that uh, you remember when uh, the Lord of the Rings Gollum game came out earlier this year? Yeah, everyone it was super ugly. Yeah, everyone absolutely hated it. They thought it looked like a PlayStation 2 game. Mm. Um, so the uh, German outlet Game 2 were trying to figure out what went wrong with the Gollum game and talking to the publisher and, and some of the people that worked on it and has made the claims that the apology that the publisher would put out was actually uh put together by chat GPT <laughs> why am I not shocked by that yeah well I I mean it would it would it would track considering everything else that happened with that poor Lord of the Rings it's really it it's got to be a rough time to be a Lord of the Rings fan because like okay so the gollum game wasn't great um Amazon put all this money into doing the the show and it came out and it like came and went and and I, I didn't hear a
1: peep well you say put in all this money yet like the costume design was so fucking bad
0: in that show yeah well that was that was all you heard in the first week or so is that like the costumes look garbage and stuff yeah. and then like psh, here and gone and it
1: that's why a lot of reboots and stuff like that i'm always like mm, at first because yeah. it's like sometimes i'll put stuff together and then, like, for example, I'm talking about doing The Crow. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need that. Who needs that? Anybody that wants to see The Crow wants the original movie, and that is it. Why do we want...
0: Why? Why? I was going to ask, <laughs> did you ever see any of the sequels? No. Because the second one was in theaters, but then I think from that point on, they're all direct-to-video. Yeah,
1: that Yeah, I. That is my thing with the... That's like me watching only the original Star Wars movies for so long and stuff like that. Where it's just like, who wants that? No one needs that. So these just, were
0: great. Why would you ruin it? So what you're saying is it's gonna take another pandemic for you to watch the Crow sequels?
1: No, I'm just not gonna watch. This. I have no, <laughs> I have no reason, and I don't have Mike and faceless Tony breathing down my neck about it.
0: That's true. <laughs> yeah, They'd be angrier that you didn't watch Clone Wars with all that time. I mean, yeah, they are. <laughs> I guess, like, I brought up a bunch of, like, missteps with the Lord of the Rings uh, franchise, but they did get magic cards this year, so that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was great when they, like, they did the original trilogy, and yeah. they did the Hobbit series. and The Hobbits were good. You stopped there. Like, yeah. that, that was great. And they like, have if had you're not, Lord of the Rings games. Yeah, but if you're not putting out top-tier content for a franchise and fandom that is that big why are you doing it like it needs to be perfect or don't do it right like and i get nothing is perfect but like at least get it over 85 to 90 percent. at least the lord of the ring fan base doesn't seem as
0: vocal and toxic as most fan bases
1: <laughs> i i feel like half the people didn't watch it and the other half of the people are like okay well sure i'll watch it and then they're like eh. yeah and then they just left it alone i mean you know it, at this point like I'm not even the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, but at the same time, I do like it. Yeah. And I like it a decent amount to the point of where, you know, if something is that diluted, like it's, you know, even I'll say it like this, you know, how we're seeing all of these great, great Spider-Man cartoons Mm. with these movies that they're doing. If these movies were subpar, I'd be irritated. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, okay, well, why would you ruin all of these other ones or... Even you remember before, where like I didn't watch the Andrew Garfield Spider Man yep. for the longest period of time. Toby was my Spider Man, right? So it's like there's certain things like that. Like there are loops that you're gonna have to jump through, and that Gollum game just like did not even make it over fifty percent worth no. it. No, no, it
0: was like I, I remember the trailers coming out. And people were like, "This looks bad."
1: Like if if you know they have better technology to pull together Andy Circus in. You know VFX and can't handle it in a video game. There's something really wrong. Yeah, that's my headspace. Because that yeah. it was how long ago now?
0: Oh, uh, that was earlier this year. And no, I mean the original. Oh yeah, was it's been like twenty years? Yeah, like you had the technology then. Well, that was another thing about that game is that it was uh, the the company that got it was a small studio in in Europe, and this was like their first big property, and they thought like, if we make a banger out of this. Then uh, we're set for life. Like we can do it, and they and then they started like doing crunch and overworking the artists and the the programmers and stuff. And then people started just like this is not going to work. This is going to be off. It's it's the kind of thing I always say. It's like I can't. There has to be people who have made movies before that you get like two weeks deep and you're like, this is going to be bad.
1: Well, and it's like. It with that though, if you have something that's that big of a property and has that much weight, if you realize it's not gonna work very early on, hit pause and figure out why. Yeah. Don't move forward thinking, okay, well we're we're just gonna polish the the chairs on the Titanic. Like, what?
0: Right. Well, and, and that's, th- that's the problem, too, of you see it a lot in video games, but you also saw it with the last Spider-Verse movie where they, like, set an unrealistic expectation of, like, hey, next March, we're going to do the third one. Yeah. They haven't even started yet. And it's like, no, you're not. No, don't don't set a release date for people to get pissy about you missing. If, exactly. You know, just be like, hey, it'll be
1: done when it's done. Like that's- But they were smart enough to then say that, at least. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not going to release it then. But it'll be done when it's done when we know it's worth it. Yeah, I would rather that happen. I know some people are just bitch babies and won't. Well, that, so, and that's like, for me. I'm like, okay, I want it to be good.
0: I would rather it be good than be on time. Yeah, that's a huge problem in video games. Is that people will set like a specific date to try and like hit Christmas sales or something, and find out that like, oh, the game is not going to be good if we release it. Ah, we'll just patch it. Is Whatever. That what happened with that
1: one game that you guys were looking at before, where it was like it was released and it was so fucking broken,
0: like the cyberpunk. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're like two years deep now, and they just released downloadable content for it, and apparently they've they've. Pretty much fixed the game up. Like, it's pretty shiny now. But two years later. Like, do people even care anymore? I think so. I think, like, the gaming podcasts I'm listening to are really hype about the DLC. But they also liked it when it was broken, too, because the most random things would happen. Cars would just fall (laughs) out of the sky. It's kind of like Red Dead Redemption. I still think that's great, by the way. Yeah, where the wildlife would just come from off camera or a train that you did not hear coming would just all of a sudden blast you
1: yeah the the one time that that deer attacked you was it a deer i think it was a deer yeah yeah, that was, was like hilarious. a hilarious it just ran at him out of nowhere <laughs> it's just like minding his well. business doing whatever you just hear him scream from the other room like what was that <laughs> like what happened a deer just showed up out of nowhere and beat my ass
0: <laughs> i got my ass beat by a deer in the old west uh, speaking of gaming, the other big news all year long has been the Activision-Blizzard merger that is, we finally know is going through. And while Activision said that they're not going to just take Call of Duties and only stick them on the Xbox, uh, they did say that at some point next year we will start to see some Blizzard games show up on Game Pass. Okay. Stuff like maybe Overwatch or the new Diablo. They said there's no plans to do that, like Call of, the new Call of Duty is this week. Yeah, And they're like, it's not going to be on Game Pass. Uh, but next year maybe maybe we'll see is it that one where there's that like
1: skeleton guy sitting in the chair that's become a meme now is that a Not college sure. a duty thing where it's like a skeleton guy in a passenger seat and he's just looking very forlorn like like is this shit happening right now i don't know i'm gonna have to look that up
0: yeah there's because i love me a good meme with a skeleton in it
1: literally people you have been using it for months where yeah. it's just like it looks like you know someone says something as you're driving and they just look yeah. at him like and he's just no no he's just like his mouth is closed yeah. like it's weird
0: and he's just looking <laughs> it's it, it i don't eye sockets no. Are their eyes in the
1: sockets? Their eyes in the sockets. Oh,
0: that's even creepier.
1: Skeleton mask? Yeah. What? But Yeah, it's maybe. Weird. I'll have to find it and show it to you, but I'm sure we. I'm I'm
0: sure someone knows what I'm talking. I'm sure I would hope. I'm sure. Uh the other big gaming news this week is that Sony has announced the PlayStation 5 the smaller version of the PlayStation 5 will be out in time for Christmas. So what does that do? What does it change? So it's 30% smaller than the original PlayStation 5. Oh, uh, it's usually so I didn't even realize that the PlayStation 4 I have mm-hmm. is like the second round of PlayStation 4s because the first ones were huge. Um, but usually they uh, downsize a lot of the technology and then make it... Oh, yeah, that's a Call of Duty guy. Yeah. I see it. I don't know if you guys can tell what that is, but... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it'll be out uh, in both a digital edition and then edition with the uh, with the disk drive. Um, and you can buy... An Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive um, version for 400. Let's see, it's 500 dollars for the version that comes with the drive, and 450 for the digital-only version without the drive. But then you can add the drive in later if you want to. You can attach oh, well, it that's like, cool, a, at like a like a peripheral. But um, the price increase, according to a Kotaku article, um, means that the current digital-only PS5 is going up to 450. Instead of four hundred dollars,
1: I mean, it, so what's the original cost for the big one? It's like what? I think it's like it's six hundred
0: bucks or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, I guess that makes it a little bit more obtainable, but that that doesn't work for someone like you.
0: No, still like they want a hard copy, of- <laughs> an enormous amount of money. Yeah, and I do like it, a hard copy of just about everything.
1: Yeah, so well, that's what I say. Like it doesn't work for some people, but I figured that there had to be some sort of difference.
0: It's kind of like getting the switch light versus the original exactly or uh, the OLED think of the switch yeah, yeah. OLED like every every system since I think probably the original even the Super Nintendo had kind of like a couple years later had a smaller more compact Super Nintendo that was a little a little bit cheaper. Super? There was. I used to have one.
1: I had, I had the uh, first, like, the original Super. Yeah. So I, I never saw the
0: smaller version of it. They even, at the end of the Nintendo's life, made a version that looked more like the Famicom that was, like, the size of your hand. Yeah. You just pop the game in on the top instead of the front. It was weird. Like, time, that was the better version because you had to, you know, like, you had to put it in and then pop it down. Yeah. And that latch would get real wonky. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to play all these games to like get it to actually run, whereas yeah. if you just popped it in the top of the, the new version, it just played.
1: I liked the um, the PS2 with the slim versus the, yep. the thicker one. Yep. remember those.
0: Yeah, I've still got a slim in there, and that thing is awesome. Yeah. It's like this big.
1: Yeah, that one was really cool, but that's really the only one that I remember. I bet sandwiches bigger than that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I know, like, at one point, the Xbox,
0: like, I had, like, the really, like, the big one with the green on the top. That's the one I had, too. I, I was just trying to think, does every system done that? And I don't remember Xbox making a smaller
1: Xbox. No, they just redid the design when they would go to, like, the 360 and yeah. be that more sleek. Yes. This is, like, the place, there the, the Xbox, and then there was the Xbox 360. I only had the original, but I did have this little, like, I had a wireless controller thing that had like a little um thing that you would plug in in the front to use that but it also had a remote.
0: That's what I was going to say that was the remote I used I to have. I loved that thing. Cuz the PlayStation 2 we all used for Blu-ray or not Blu-ray but a DVD yeah. drive and then found out 6 months later that if you use a you know a, a game drive which is only supposed to run every couple of seconds to load in new data Mm -hmm. as a DVD drive which streams straight off the disc so it was running constantly the entire time uh, you burn it out faster whereas the Xbox uh, the original Xbox they were like well what if we just put a drive in there that's used to running DVDs that also pulls you know game Information.
1: absolutely loved that
0: thing because you could also play CDs on it and stuff. That's the wildest thing to me. I love that. So you much. cannot play CDs on the PlayStation 5.
1: Which I think is bullshit. What the fuck? Like, I get like that CDs are, are slightly phased out because
0: of so much like streaming and stuff why did, like that. Why did we make all the media CD-sized if you were going to stop supporting CDs?
1: Right, exactly. Like, if it doesn't play CDs or it doesn't play DVDs, I don't get that. Yeah. Like, it, it It just seems like an extra feature that is helpful and necessary, and why wouldn't you add Yeah. That? I don't think it would be that hard to add it. Right. You know? Like I said, they're all
0: CD-sized. It's one thing with the GameCube, because they made little tiny discs. Yeah. So, I understand when, like, it can't, you can't put those, but even the Wii could play GameCube games.
1: I'm not even going to lie. I thought the little tiny CDs in the GameCube were stupid. Yeah. Like, those I get that could put them in the Wii, Yeah, but like
0: I thought they were cute, but also immediately thought, "Well, I'm getting like I'm you're you're missing half the disc, so it's not going to have as much information on the CD.
1: It's smaller. It's super tiny. Yeah, (laughs) wildness, wildness. So that was a mini rant there.
0: It was. (laughs) Uh, While we're talking about video games, there is a uh, demo right now on Steam called Another Crab's Treasure, and it's kind of like a Dark Souls ish type of game where you're supposed to face really hard bosses and die over and over again to kind of figure out their patterns mm-hmm. and learn to beat them. Uh, but it has a bunch of assist options to make it easier, one of which being that the little tiny crab guy that has a little shell, um, you can turn the shell into a human-sized handgun that he hides inside. So, like, it's the, he's the little crab, with and on his back instead of his little shell is a giant handgun, and when he pops down in the handgun, it fires at whatever's in front of him.
1: So I don't know if you guys visibly like if you're not watching the video for this, it's it's probably hard. But like when he pulled up the article, I had the weirdest look on my right. face because it was like. Why does the crab have a gun? he has got a giant handgun. I'm just imagining Sebastian with a Glock. Exactly. What? That's exactly, Except he's not holding it. He's wearing in it. In it.
0: Yeah, he's wearing it. Let me see if I can pull up this TikTok video for
1: you. I, I am pretty sure that if Sebastian had a Glock, he would have just shot that chef.
0: Okay. So this is this is actual gameplay where he's just got the shell, and see so he's fighting this like giant lobster with a bottle and he's wielding like a club. Okay. And then you can go to assist mode and you can give Krill a gun <laughs> is the mode because there's like...
1: I like that. That's what it's titled. Just it's just
0: give Krill a gun. There he is. He's wearing a gun. What the fuck? And it's, it's funny because when it goes off, it sounds like a cap gun.
1: And it's like... Pop. <laughs> so, so it's on his back and it's upward into the air. Yeah. And when it shoots, it goes bang.
0: And, and just one shots everything.
1: I don't, I don't understand. Who thought of this?
0: I (laughs) want to talk to that person and understand their mind. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty great idea. I got to say this little cartoon crab with a gun, wearing a gun. If you want to check it out, it is uh, on steam (laughs) as a, as a demo right now. It's called another crab's treasure and it's, part of uh so or it's a Windows demo for Steam's Next Fest. It's going to come out next year on the Xbox One, the Series X, the Nintendo Switch and the PC. jeez oh, God, <laughs> oh, jeez. my last minute gaming news for you uh comes from Fortnite, so they're getting into the spooky season by adding Michael Myers and Jack Skellington. Oh jeez. So Jack Skellington can wield a, a machine gun, which is going to be <laughs> hilarious to oh, watch. God. Now I feel
1: like that's that's what's gonna get me. That's what is you yeah, could play no. Jack Skellington. I mean, that that is probably what'll get me if I it, even just to try it. Like I know you yeah. have to grind to get it or buy him, but like it's probably yeah, you probably got to spend like twenty bucks to get Jack. Like that would be just worth well, that's on its hilarity.
0: That's the other thing you look in the like the graphic and like there's got zero, zero and the the reindeer. Yeah, so like. Can I get zero as a as a like emote or something that'll just fly? Around? That
1: would be great. That would be fun. I would I would get that. So let's talk about zero for a second here. Um, so there is one of those weird like butterfly effect like are you going crazy things? Okay. zero. So at some point zero had just a red nose. Yeah, like Rudolph. When you zoom in on zero now it's a pumpkin. Whoa. And no one remembers when it changed to a pumpkin. Whoa. So like everybody thought it was just red for the longest time. Right. And like it's like the, the Sinbad Shazam, whatever the fuck. I was that gonna say was. nobody nobody like can like, like
0: nobody can narrow down like which version of Nightmare Before Christmas it changed and then was forever a pumpkin.
1: And that's the thing is that we all were like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's red. It's like Rudolph. Right. Because that was the whole point. It was like red like Rudolph. So I don't know if the entire world just like complacently thinks of it as a Rudolph thing, and it's been a pumpkin this entire it's, time. Uh, yeah. Because when I go back, it's a pumpkin, <laughs> and I swear that thing was a red nose the entire time.
0: We need to get a VCR and pull out your your the your tape VHS we're... of it and <laughs> yeah. see if it's a pumpkin there. Then and we're all just crazy. We're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: yeah, that is one of those things where everybody's like, when when did it when turn did this change?
0: Yeah. What the hell? I'm swearing so much today. I That's apologize. okay. That's all right. <laughs> I get a potty mouth. Here's something that'll make you swear. Uh, Jessica Lang of uh, American Horror Story fame uh, says that she's seriously thinking about retiring because the quote is, I'm not interested in these big comic book franchise films. I think they've sacrificed this art that we've been involved in for the sake of profit.
1: Yep. I I heard about that. I, I feel like everybody just has this
0: talking point where they just blame the comic Comic book movie yeah martin scorsese being like it's comic book movie yeah
1: and now all of them are saying the same thing right who do you how about this jessica lang how about you blame ryan murphy for putting kim kardashian in a fucking (laughs) season of american horror story yeah or you know all the bad seasons subsequently that happened after you left right because everything sucked after she left
0: I, I think what I mean, you know, you go further into instead of just reading the headline, you go further to it. And she talks about how creativity creativity is secondary to corporate profits. Now, that's the quote I read. I understand that part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is definitely a a, a talking point slash headline grab to, to like immediately say like, well, comic book movies are garbage. Yeah. And then explain your your. Uh,
1: Yeah, it it honestly like, you know, people have this this gripe about comic book movies and stuff like that. And some of the comic book movies are way better than some of the other crap that comes out. I'm sorry, I would rather watch Endgame than watch Oppenheimer. And that's being a Christopher Nolan fan. Sure. I don't want to just sit and watch a shit ton of talking. (laughs) No, I want you to make me cry when I hear Sam Wilson say, on your left. Yeah. That's what I want. want the emotion. Yes. And, like, yeah, it's cool, you know, like, now when you go from this other side of, like, Scorsese stuff, you're not into The Departed. I fucking love The Departed. Sure. I think that is, like, top-tier cinema right there, and I understand that. But I also think that the the last spider verse was top tier cinema <laughs> like I there's no there's no line for me there where it's like oh i should be able to watch this in an art house and that's what's considered quote unquote cinema right and so like even from somebody that of course like i mean i haven't worked on a ton of stuff but i've worked on some film stuff it's to me like there's this weird line of what people think is like prestigious yeah. versus you know churning out movies and stuff. Now once again it's the same thing that I was saying about the Lord of the Rings thing where it's like if you're not going to put out quality stuff don't do it. Right. You know so for example unfortunately I've had I've had enough time to kind of settle and think about this and stuff and even though I watched it and even though I, I for the most part enjoyed it I get it done without Secret Invasion. Yeah. I did like we didn't need if you haven't watched secret invasion yet i'm about to say a couple of things that are spoilery so plug your ears but maria hill did need to die yeah that was, it like- was unnecessary like if she wanted out of her contract that would have been one thing but she was even shocked that she was killed yeah and you know there's hopefully at some point they'll bring back like a um uh, colson and her or something like some way right but at the same time i'm like okay a lot of what happened here wasn't necessary now contrast we just watched the first episode of loki last week fucking phenomenal yeah like that is top tier in their tv shows in my mind and is going really well i mean i get it's the first episode but that first episode was better than half the things that we've seen
0: did you see the 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 news or the the rumors that have been swirling that like marvel is actually going to start getting television showrunners like they haven't been using them all this time but yeah. now they're like yeah, maybe if we get television showrunners, our stuff will actually be viewed as better.
1: I don't know. I, you know, if it if it that's the way that they're going to go and it works, cool. Right. I just want good content. I don't want you to like churn out bad
0: content. You don't want Daredevil: Born Again to be the third season of Hannibal for you.
1: Exactly. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna ruin it, I don't want it. That's once again, it goes back to what I was saying about lord of the rings like if you're gonna do it it's not gonna be good i don't want it right so do your due diligence to make it as good as possible and not make it let me make as much money as possible and i think that's where like to a degree i agree with jessica lang like if you're not going to put out good product why are you doing it oh you're just doing it for money okay i don't care
0: I don't yeah, use- it's just always funny when it and it's always older people in Hollywood talk about how comic book movies are ruining their thing that they love when actually what they mean is that corporations trying to make maximum profit is the thing that's killing the thing. Right. Cuz they're imply. cuz when they say that it implies that there is no art in the comic book movie and I think we've made a very good uh, argument for there is a lot of art in oh, yeah. the comic book movie. It can pull emotion out of you when done correctly.
1: And I would rather have that than watch something that is like so boring like a dry turkey. Like You know? Like it's just not it's not worth it to be in that mindset. So it's I I did the the comparison crossed my mind and I didn't say it initially but now I am going to say it. It's like watching all of these old rockers try to bring up like oh trans people are going too far. It's very much like sure. a talking point where like one old person said it and now all the old people are saying it. And then it's the same thing going on on the movie side. Yeah. Where it's like this is their talking point. And now all the old people are going to run with it without really thinking about what they're saying. Yeah. And I think that's where this is right now. Scorsese started it. Right. And now we're just, oh, it's the comic book movies. No, it's not. A. And B, if you want to blame that, how about you go and blame Tom Cruise and Top Gun? Yeah, Or blame all of the Mission Impossibles. Or mm, Fast and Furious franchise. Because they're another one that say, oh, how many comic book movies can you make? Yeah. And I'm like... Fast
0: and, and Furious movies are comic book movies. Yeah, they are. They're wild. They're literally set up the same way. They're like, none 80%, of, 80% spectacle. And it's a great spectacle. Let me say, I'm not dogging <laughs> up The ones that I have seen, I mean to see the whole series. But the ones that I have seen, I have had a great time watching
1: that that actress what is her name michelle rodriguez yeah she said that she okay. was in dungeons and dragons i know but she was like oh all these comic book movies i'm like are you serious right now you have no right to talk you wouldn't have a job if you didn't have fast and furious she was in coast rider but i'm saying like the, the <laughs> last like if you look at her imdb yeah it's like the last 10 things she was in was a fast and furious movie right. other than dungeons and the dragons i yeah. <laughs> Bro, if okay. you're only relevant because of this, you should shut your mouth. Cash them checks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> While we're talking about movies, too, uh, Jason Momoa may have found his Deadpool. <laughs> so we know Jason Momoa has been Aquaman for what's going to be three movies now, it looks like. Um, if he doesn't lose his mind and somehow get it canceled beforehand. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, like somebody else that played The Flash. Um, <laughs> but uh, per a new report from Variety, he has talked before about wanting to play the character of Lobo. I don't know. He is a, technically, the quick and dirty version is he is a Superman villain, Um, that is, he, he's a bright white biker. He looks like Lemmy if Lemmy was like Jack, like Hulk Hogan. Okay. And he, his skin is bright white. He's an alien. He is unkillable. Cool. And he has the worst disposition ever. He's supposed to be a bounty hunter of some sort. And And he's just like this unkillable, just badass kind of nineties character. Um, and Jason Momoa loves him and wants to be him. And James Gunn is, uh, seriously considering yeah, putting Lobo this. in one of his movies and making Jason Millar Lobo.
1: Okay, let's point out the fact that Josh Brolin, yes, Josh yes. Brolin um was cable and also Thanos. In it the can, same year. It can be done. Yeah. Okay, so don't don't get gripey about it. I can understand ooh, we could we could give another actor an opportunity, but no, like that. The the quick and dirty version you just gave me that sounds fucking perfect
0: for him. Let him do yeah, it. That sounds like a character he would absolutely adore. Me. Oh my like god! I said, yeah, it sounds to me like his Deadpool. Like yeah. Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern, but he really wanted to be Deadpool. And when he finally got to be Deadpool, we all went, "Oh, why didn't we do this in the first place?" No, this is
1: perfect. This is Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I really think that that would work for him. And yeah, that sounds perfect. I'm even visualizing like him just like covered in like white paint and his yep. hair having it and everything else and oh yeah that
0: would yeah, just to have him grow the the big mustache yeah well that would totally work i'm so for it yeah he and wears it, he wears a leather vest and like some pants and some shit kicking boots and yep drives a uh a, a, a uh, space motorcycle.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally down for that. I feel like that
0: would be perfect for him. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's let's do it, James Gunn. Come on. Uh, the last thing I got, though, which is related to this, is that the guy who created Lobo, one of the creators, Keith Giffen, passed away yesterday. Mm. Um, he's also known as the creator of one of the creators of Rocket raccoon Mm -hmm. over at marvel and um he's most famous for re-envisioning the justice league book into a comedy book back in the 80s uh one of the my favorite parts of that book is uh there's a green lantern i don't remember his name but he's an like he's just belligerent and an asshole he's a ginger guy and he's just an asshole and batman clocks him uh and knocks him out cold with one punch and that the picture that that meme is from yes yeah uh, Blue Beetle will not shut, shut up about it for, like, the rest of the book about, like, I cannot believe Batman just knocked his ass out with one punch. It's, amazing. it's a little bit like that scene in Friday. Yeah. You knock the fuck out! Uh, but, yeah, and, and as sad as it is that Keith Giffen uh, has passed away, the way... The news was announced on his personal social media. Is the most Keith Giffen thing I've ever heard. Oh God! He said, "I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks, Keith Giffen, 1952
1: to 2023." Oh jeez, (laughs) jeez.
0: So um, I don't know if if that was part of his wishes to make to, but like, what a what a jokester what a what a way to go out and just be like yeah the last thing anyone will remember about me is this ridiculous thing because new york comic con is this week
1: yeah yeah so that's perfect though yep and honestly like i've told people before i'm like whoever wants the login information on my social media when i die like just fucking bug people with my social media (laughs) <laughs> just get, Leave the most unhinged comments from my profile.
0: Just continue to bother people through your social media.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. We can even um, uh, set up, uh, if somebody wants to set up, like um, like Brandon Conlin if he wants to set up graphics for, like, uh, parties in the afterlife, he yeah. can, like, set up an FITU and in hell. I'm down. <laughs> so I'm totally going there in a handbasket. So just, just troll people when I'm dead. I'm so for it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, with that, uh, that's that's going to complete our headlines. Everyone, <laughs> of the show.
1: I also want to be in a brick. Remember. Yeah, just. You want to be in a brick that you smack fascists with. Right. Those are my. Those are my burial wishes. Well, which what Star Wars show was that from? That was from Andor.
0: Andor. That's right. I couldn't remember the name. Uh, but uh, I wanted to say Ahsoka. Clocked a fascist with it. it was an A name. <laughs> I couldn't remember. It was Andor.
1: She was actually just a little side tidbit. They initially were playing with the idea of having her say "fuck the empire," Ooh. and and then they scaled it back last. Yeah, time. but that would have been the first F bomb in a Star Wars thing. It would have have what's her face do it. Yeah, would have been killer. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That would have been wild. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get to our interview with Possum Punks. We're gonna talk about some tabletop role playing games, and when we come back, of course, we'll do our serotonin boost and round out the show for this week's really big fan podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Big Fan Podcast. I'm excited today because we have a new guest. It's uh, it's the first time in, a, in what, a couple of weeks that we're not... uh, We're, we're not, not by a ourselves. Re- ...returning guest. Yes, and it's not Lou. It's not Lou. But as soon as he heard us start the podcast, he was like, I got to get in there, didn't you? I love that there's the the meme now about the... Um, halloween decoration that says my name is lewis yep and like right his name is lucifer but immediately i started calling him lewis because he reminds me of <laughs> lewis tully from uh, ghostbusters so <laughs> getting back to our guest we are talking to uh greg and tegan from possum punks uh, a couple of tabletop role players that have decided to make a whole bunch of stuff for other tabletop role playing people guys how are you this evening
2: Ah, oh, doing great, thanks. I mean, t- Lou is a tough act to follow, but I'm going to do my best.
3: Yes. He is. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I'm doing good. I've uh, raced here from my uh, nine to five job or eight to four job in this case. So yeah, it's cool to finally be on point.
0: Well, it's excellent to uh, it's excellent to have you guys both together now. Um, let's let's start at the beginning. Where did each of you first fall into tabletop role playing games?
2: Oh, um i let I'm going to let the writer go first with <laughs> that one. Because only because he's the one who actually got me like back into tabletop after a while. But yeah, you go first.
3: Okay. <laughs> well uh this story begins most. Um I was a lonely boy as a child. Um never had any kind of friends or friend group, was you know, the serial kind of golf kid all alone by himself. And then just somebody who kind of knew me, just dragged me along to my first D&D game. And I met this bunch of people and I dived into this world of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, back then I think it was still version one, you know, just just going over to version two, so really sort of the old school stuff. Sure. And I just fell in love with everything about D&D and it just sparked worlds of imagination and you know after a few games i just wanted to become the dungeon master myself and start doing everything planning everything world building all of that stuff and uh, just kind of went from there so it was literally my first experience of a social group
0: interesting now when you say you were playing version one are we talking like when the classes used to include elf and dwarf
3: yes yeah okay. back in the time the days of Faco. if you remember yes. yeah because I,
0: I think i started in second edition and it blew my mind when i saw a first edition book and I was like wait elf is a class it's not a race <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh but yeah <laughs> um yeah i uh i was um i got in like i think virgin like the I'm, i should say third edition as an actual player but before that i was uh you know lonely little art kid so I would buy like the dragon magazines and things like that um sure. yeah you know I would I would get those sorts of issues a uh, heavy metal magazine all that stuff you know and draw the you know just learn to draw from looking at those and hanging out on DP and art and things like that and so I was more like into the internet like forum side of role play more than into TTRPG. Like, you know, it just like you'd have a forum, you run it, people play and post, or you do yep. it through chat, like all that. It was real fun. There's a lot less, it's more of a narrative-driven uh model than a strictly rules-driven model. You might have things that like you hash out or agree out, out of character, but it's it's mostly pretty much purely narrative driven as opposed to like uh, rolling dice and you know, factoring in things like random chance and stuff like that. And uh it was easier for me to get into that because I was in such an isolated place like, um, and but you know, it was hard for me to like get a group together. So I didn't really get into uh tabletop uh, role play until uh I met I met Greg here and he started playing, I think version three, yeah, version three. Yeah. <laughs> that was in, And I, I, I really like it. I like the, um, I still am more of a narrative driven role player at, at my heart. If you give me too much crunch, I start to go cross-eyed. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like, it's like, this is so much math. I just want to do something cool. I don't, you know, so I'll look at other systems now, like, uh, he- like Powered by the Apocalypse and Blades in the Dark. Uh, I'm going to shout out Caltrop Core. You know, that sort of thing where it's kind of it's more D sixes and D fours. And it's kind of this like uh, balance of uh, narrative and kind of like just en- enough rules to like bring it if you need that structure.
0: That's one of the fascinating things about like the proto Internet to what we have today is like we've discussed before about like my space and live journal and stuff. But like I was introduced to the Vampire the Masquerade game through a chat based game like you were describing tegan oh really that's yeah, cool absolutely and i was like well this is fascinating and fun because it would felt it felt like you were writing alongside somebody you were you were doing like a yes and improvisation by writing <laughs> yeah. alongside them and then when you couldn't decide anything is when you go okay we gotta roll some dice now um but i've also uh growing up had the the same experience before the internet of the that you see on Stranger Things, where it's like it's the four <laughs> to six to eight kids that, uh, whichever ones you can get together that are remotely interested in doing this, um,
2: yeah, it doesn't always work
0: out. <laughs> it does no. It says uh, sometimes the personalities clash and it just doesn't always work out. It's a little bit like when you start a band in high school. And yeah. like, Well. He plays drums, but he's kind of a dick, but yeah. he's the only guy I know who plays drums, so I guess I'll put up with him until I can find somebody I like more that plays drums.
1: And, like, oh, my yeah. context is all just stranger things. I know nothing about <laughs> d d whatsoever. Like, I had friends that played it, and, like, I-, I have another friend also named Greg that I think, Greg, you've met before at my house. He was the bald guy that was hanging around here. Bald Greg. <laughs> bald Greg. There's bald Greg and hair Greg. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he used to play with some of my other friends, but like they would all go over to uh, their buddy Eddie's house and they would play over at their house. But like I didn't understand it, so I didn't go. Sure. And then they would try to teach me things like magic cards or oh, uh, Munchkin, and I can't handle any of that. So I'm just like, uh, uh you know what you guys can just hang out without me it's <laughs> i i just i, I didn't just intended to ask the questions because i don't know what we're talking <laughs> <laughs> that's uh <laughs> oh that's so funny
2: yeah um, i don't
3: know if it's like a natural progression but uh, yeah me and most people i know they kind of gone from the crunch to the narrative like yeah their entire yeah. career is like a ever dwindling amount of crunch like i began with like version one dd and at the same time i was doing uh warhammer 40k so i was just yeah pure. warhammer 40k
0: a, it's all crunch yeah yeah i was like a pure a math machine
3: as yeah. a kid and i could just recite all of the rules like you know some kind of robot uh <laughs> but then you know the more people i met the more i realized that they didn't really want that they, they want a story yeah so just gradually you go to systems that are more narrative focused and when i met tegan you know tegan was all about the narrative so i just jumped all the way to the other side of the spectrum and now you know if there's even like two dice rolls together it's too much for me like (laughs) this is getting in the way of the story like no you roll one dice when you need to that's it
1: (laughs) So with uh, the stuff refresh. that you guys have created now, is is that mostly, if not all, narrative based? Well, no, hey. because it's
2: I no, because <laughs> it's based on five uh fifth edition rules. Um it's not it's it's not it, it, it's but it's just the rule set. I'll I'll back off because um I'm the I'm the graphic designer, map maker side of things. I do I make it pretty. I design the characters. I mean, I will help out, you know, what I'm needed creatively, but like we like the way Possum Punks is set up is, you know, Greg is way better with systems and with rules and making them make sense than I could ever hope to be. So me being like, hey, you should do this system instead of this system would be like Him being like, hey, why don't you use this uh, photo software instead of this photo software? Like that level of micromanaging just like kills any collaboration you have. You know, we have to really trust each other to like really know what we're doing. So, yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah. For me, 5e is kind of the sweet spot in terms of systems. I feel like it's light enough, but also complex enough to adapt itself to a variety of stories. You know, because it's basically like a dozen skills. And if you want to do something, you just find the skill that is the closest. And then you roll a dice and, you know, anything over 10 is like an average success. a 20 is a critical success. And you can kind of build a lot around those fundamentals. So we tend to use 5e as our basis. just so we can sort of have any underlying rule structure and we can kind of balance things. Because if you go pure narrative or if you jump to another system, the challenge for me is always how to balance it. Like, is this encounter too difficult? Is this villain too menacing? You know, is this going to kill everybody, wipe out the party? You know, is it uh, a nice challenge for them? And I find that 5e is really good at doing that. So, you know, kudos to Friday.
0: and fifth edition is where uh they started the the open license wasn't it where they could where everyone could kind of jump in and make um it didn't just have to be dungeons and dragons like you could make an old west game using those rules or you could make a space game using those rules
3: is that right
2: well you like, could ta- you could oh sorry no like, no no,
3: no tegan you go ahead
2: I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not a uh, copyright person, but I have a lot of opinions about the open games <laughs> license. Sure, and, yeah, and
0: that was it was in the news a lot in the last <laughs> year or so.
2: Yeah, and I won't uh I won't like that's an entire interview and I won't give Watsy too much airtime on that, because they get enough as it is. Fair, but fair. um <laughs> no offense. Um but a little. Um <laughs> the open so you can technically any with any rules system you D&D and 5e is not the first open games system out there on the market and they're certainly not the first and they're certainly not the best um, just about mo- like like you like you should always check if you're going to use like if you're just like I really love this system whether it's like something from White Wolf or from Powered by the Apocalypse you should always check the licensing that it's under And they usually, like, most places are, most companies, like, they want people, like, expanding on their stuff for them and, like, kind of, like, in a way it gives them a lot of promotion. So a lot of them will put it in, like, uh, a creative commons that's really popular um, to allow people to, like, you know, have access to those systems so that they can do that without ending up with, like, a DMCA. Um, the open gamings license has a lot of strict language around it, and um, is actually not as good like' it, it doesn't it's not as permissive as a Creative Commons license. So actually, when you, when you release under your own license that you've made, you're actually creating like a pen in which to kind of corral all creators that are in that. And that and that's what happened last year was Watsi trying to, introduce a new OGL, you know, an OGL uh, yes. 2.0 and close that corral in and kind of like make more money off of the people who are doing that. And we, uh, we did not like that. <laughs> and uh, they backed off and they put uh, 5e under a Creative Commons license. Uh, if you don't know what a Creative Commons license is, I suggest you look it up. It's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a little bit like we were talking last week about uh the all the licensed magic the gathering cards that they've started coming out with they did the lord of the rings set and now they're doing a doctor who set i saw over the weekend there's an evil dead set that you can get but they're all like three times as much as a regular pack of magic (laughs) the gathering cards and i'm like i'd be in but not for 70 dollars. that's insane
2: yeah I I never got into Magic the Gathering because I was just like, I don't have the money for this kind of hobby. But it seems very similar
0: in that like uh, Hasbro believes that between Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons that they basically got the two biggest, um, you know, um, properties in their respective, you know, quarters of the market. So like we can we can try and, uh, you know, charge you more than anyone else would charge or try and Get our you know our piece of the pie out of the the creators that are using this o g l yeah.
2: and um it's funny because you know i i, I want to just say like i you know, just to other people in my in like in the gaming community, like we're not you know by any means influential, but when i talk when I criticize watsy and I criticize Hasbro, I'm not criticizing people who play it like at all because sure. we, you know we should enjoy what we want, but um. Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to use 5e uh, after right. what happened with the OG, after what happened with the OGL. We had our two games Caddy Wampus and Pink Moon under the 5e system and we said never again. Like, you know, <laughs> once bitten twice shy as they say. Man. So, you know, we're you know, we're not we're from now on like the next time we release a game, it's likely going to be under one that we've made for you know, made made on our own. Um, and that's gonna that's gonna be yeah. difficult
0: too to come up with a system that isn't too close to a system because that's still one of the things about the the different games is I know just when I was playing uh role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons is the one that uses all the different um, shaped dice the four sider <laughs> yeah. and the eight sider yeah. the all sider all the but dice then, like, the the White Wolf stuff which was vampire and werewolf and everything just uses ten siders mm-hmm. and you have dots yeah. on, your screen, on your sheet so you would use you know, if you had four dots in something, you'd roll four 10-siders and try and get as many successes as possible. And Shadowrun was like, the original Run was like that, but even worse because it was six-siders the sixes, and the numbers... Yeah. Yeah, you sometimes you'd be rolling twenty six six siders. Yeah, I think like,
2: I think we're all about to make the same joke. And in Shadowrun, Shadow uh, you just need about a million d sixes.
0: Yeah, just like bucket, go just throw the bucket at the world. Game cupboard yeah. and take every dice out of every game. <laughs> that should cover you. <laughs> and then your friends are going to have to do that at their houses. Yep.
2: And it's and it's funny that you mentioned like, oh, you don't want to make a system that's too similar to another. And that's why I loop back to our friend, the Creative Commons license, because there are companies like Evil Hat who make uh, their thirsty sword lesbian powered by the apocalypse. They have put all of their, their narrative drive system under a Creative Commons license. And what a lot of people are doing now is they're just, you know, building it with that as a basis. So, that's you know, cool. you're not you're not ripping anybody off and you're actually expanding on an idea of a a system.
3: And that is something I have done following the 5e debacle. Um, I did convert the rule system to Powered by the Autoliths and, you know, fleshed it all out. But uh, then the lockdown happened. So we kind of (laughs) lost our group of playtesters who are usually...
0: All the the gaming was started over Zoom. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) So, you know, we've got this system, but we haven't really playtested it. we've never had the time or the social group to do it right which
2: which if you are if you love like don't go into making a ttrpg game thinking that you're going to make money (laughs) you only do it only do it if it's something that you really really love you know and you're just wanting to have fun it will kill your joy and like you know don't commodify it it's a lot of work
1: Sounds like yes, everything absolutely. I've ever done in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I was like don't do this if you don't if you want to make money because you're not going
2: yeah. to. But <laughs> and
3: you will end up it. hating the thing.
2: Yeah. Buy yeah. a vending, buy a vending machine, or a car wash, or something. Like. <laughs> right, right.
0: Well, that's one of the things I definitely wanted to talk to you guys about, Possum Punks. Is what was the impetus for like we enjoy doing tabletop games. We enjoy coming up with stuff for tabletop games. What if we? tried to sell the things we come up with like where did that begin for you guys
2: uh when we at it was at the tail end of the pan, that po, uh, pandemic lockdown and the place what we were renting the roof in the house had collapsed and there was buckets of torrential record rains coming into our house And we were rushing around and uh, packing everything up. And then when we repaired the walls and patched them up, I had some melamine paint, which is basically drywall paint. And we started drawing out our first game on the walls. (laughs) Like, yeah.
3: Yeah, I remember one of the earliest things was uh, we played through Curse of Strahd. And we came up with so many alternative ways to do things in that game. We had so many ideas, like, oh, this is great, but what if we did this instead? Yeah. Or, this paragraph is awesome, but why didn't they take it in this direction?
2: Sure. And, then, and then we, and were we like- just,
3: yeah, <laughs> we conceived of this alternative Curse of Strahd game, which was just, in my opinion, awesome. <laughs> and we started, it- you know, trying to create content for it and create rules, and it just kind of snowballed from there.
2: And and then I was like this is a, line, a licensing nightmare. Let's just make yeah. our own world and just use this <laughs> <Exactly>. system.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like how about we not get sued and not owe watsi money and just use the you know the five e system and we'll come up with our own we can world build. That's the fun part. I was like we don't need no curse of stride.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so am I correct in in assuming from from what you guys were saying about your origins that Dungeons and Dragons was essentially the first game each of you played tabletop wise? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think, so. I think it was my first well, no, actually my technically that was Robotech, but that's another discussion.
0: <laughs> uh, no, see, that's why I wanted to ask because it certainly wasn't my first exposure to to the idea of tabletop role playing games. Mine was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Oh, oh
2: nice. Oh and, and man, deep cut.
0: It was funny because at the time uh I didn't have the dice for it. But I understood some of like the systems of creating your mutant character. So we would just use those systems. And then when it came to playing the game, it was just playing, let's pretend, like you do when you're, you know, yeah. eight, nine, ten years old out in the backyard. So yeah. <laughs> and then eventually as you get older, you're like, oh wait, there's math in here. And the math is actually what tells you how strong your character is or how fast your character is. And it's it's really funny. You guys were talking about how um almost when you start playing a tabletop role-playing game you can be all about what as you call it the crunch which is like the combat the dice rolling but then as you mature a lot of players end up being more about the narrative and more about what's a really cool story that we can all tell together kind yep. of thing it reminds me a lot of comics wherein when you're you know 11 or 12 years old it's all about the art but then when you get older you're like well the writing is actually what keeps you Mm -hmm. the art is what gets you in the door yeah
2: but we've always been really like as a team story first and so we've kind of like drawn like withdrawn from the strictly game dev and we've decided let's just go story first and um you know do some world building
0: and then come up with the system
3: yeah it- <laughs> establish the world and then come up with the game to go with it
0: interesting interesting yeah. so so tell our our listeners and our viewers on twitch uh about a couple of the games that you've uh, come out with
3: okay well i guess yeah. i can go um so the big thing we're working on right now or at least i'm working on i'm doing the early stages of development um it's called rumble strip um, you know, like the, the thing on the side of the road that, yeah. uh, you know, wakes you up if you drift over <laughs> it. No, <laughs> so it's called Rumble Strip. Um, and it's kind of based on the idea of characters who seem like they don't belong in a setting. Um, okay. as I was growing up, um, you know, I got into a lot of games mastering. I ran a lot of games. And there would always be that one player who came up with a really weird character that yep. didn't, didn't fit, me. just did not fit. You know, they were trying to do romance in a gritty horror game, or they were trying to do comedy in a grimdark game. You know, they, they had this idea that was completely clashing with my idea, and it used to drive me crazy. You know, I had games where there were like the furring would, would turn up or the the space marine would turn up regardless of what the story was they would just appear and be like yeah it's me used to drive me crazy but then i met tegan and tegan did actually those things but with such style and he just he made it work you know sure and it was just so cool it was so meaningful i understood why they were doing it and it kind of evolved into a genre all by itself. I started to really like cartoons and movies and stories where there wow. was just that one character who was like breaking the fourth wall or falling in love with the villain or, you know, just just breaking, breaking the story, but in a way that was amazing. So uh, Rumble Strip is kind of, that's one of the themes of Rumble Strip. It's about the characters who you don't think belong, but- they actually make the big changes. So, it um, totally
1: seems like something that Tegan would cause you to realize <laughs> about life. I, yeah. I feel like it, like, I love Tegan because of the fact that they are so out there in their own way. <laughs> I'm talking about you like you're not in the room, but oh like, my God. <laughs> not, but that's, that is why, like, I gravitated even toward you as a friend because you. You do the craziest things, but with such style that it's like there's this inherent confidence, even though you may not feel the confidence necessarily. Like there is this just atmosphere you create. So I could totally see how that would happen.
0: Oh my god, you (laughs) guys.
1: We love you. Surprise.
0: We were having you on the podcast just so we could we could guess. We love you. We can guess you up. (laughs) Yep. Oh, I love you guys, too. We're totally
2: going to cut this right.
3: (laughs) So, yeah, Tegan and I have two great loves. Uh, We both love 80s movies, and we both (laughs) love cartoons from, like, I guess, 10 years ago, like uh, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, Owl House more recently. And we're kind of coming up with a setting that kind of mashes those two things together. So it's a kind of 80s style city that is like a fantasy city and it's full of like 80s style monsters like, you know, vampires and the undead and skeletons and ghosts and radioactive men. You know, it's like an 80s villain city, uh, but it's also yeah, it's sort of cartoon style where there's like a group of characters. They're like a found family And they are the people who you don't expect. You know, there's like a possum. You know, we love possums. So there's a possum character who's like, you know, come out of a trash heap and suddenly just been flung into this adventure. And one of her friends is a reanimated corpse. So he's a skeleton. And this skeleton is now walking around with this possum. And then they find some cats that have been abandoned. There's like four cats who have various magical traits personalities so it's just this kind of group of goblinoid critters (laughs) who shouldn't really be involved in anything but they just get sucked into this story and they eventually become the heroes as they travel through this weird cartoon post-apocalyptic city full of monsters
0: it sounds like an absolute nightmare for a a game master (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) anything could happen uh that yeah there's also the idea of like the liminal space that is such a big at least when I, like when like when I come at it as a designer and have said I'm going to let's make a battle map location and let's make it like a bodega or a parking lot and these places like that have you know you know like that that are just places that you're just kind of passing through on your way and you don't really notice. But at the same time, we all have like our core memories of like being in a parking lot and having like listening to music with your friends in the car or, you know, like I remember like one time when, like I, I was at a roller rink in the nineties and I saw two girls get into a fight and one was in roller skates and one was not in roller skates. And the one who won the fight is not the one that you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> it was the coolest thing I'd seen in my whole life. But, like, yeah. So when it came into like my part, with are like, okay, what kind of location should we design and put these characters in? I like went to like, yeah, we need like liminal spaces. Uh, I want analog technology like I don't I want I want to see how everything works I want things to be repurposed and reused and rebuilt until they you know like dissipate into dust. Um so that was like you know I, like and that, that I guess that's why we like say like oh we like 80s movies and it's like well that's actually what I like about 80s movies is I just like that aesthetic where I can look at something and I'm like yeah I can kind of see how that works and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not just, like, a transparent screen on the wall or something, Right, you know? and
0: it's, it's a cool, like, Star Wars is real good about that, too, mm-hmm. about yeah. all the, oh, yeah. everything looks very lived in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, one of my key uh, inspirations was the movie Alien, which I know is not strictly yeah, excellent. 80s, but 70s, late 70s. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's that idea of the used future. It's a future where you can see these things have been used for a long time. And it's all kind of analog. You can see how it all works. And I believe a lot of the uh, the animes that we love also have that kind of idea of like the biomechanical and seeing the industrial was, workings.
0: That's what I was going to say when you were describing as it, it sounds like a lot of 80s and 90s anime I saw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So where can people find uh, this and the other things that you've created?
2: On itch. Of course, where all the where all the indie games go to live and thrive. Um, we are, I guess this is the part where you show the little screen scroller that I'm going to send you of okay. our yeah, yeah, page. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Yep, it's uh, those Possum Punks at
1: Hi um, on HiO. Cool,
3: uh, excellent.
1: We maps and games, and then you're going to be showcasing at the the found of the underground event as well, and you have. Some of your designs that you've created that you're going to bring as well, correct? Yes, I'm so excited about that. We're both going to be there. Unfortunately,
2: we won't have any game scenes to print out because even a cheap print job for a book is very, very expensive. But we will have T-shirts, uh, like patches, uh, stickers, mini prints, like all all kinds of stuff. A lot of two for ten deals. You know, you can get that from your mom. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and we are still deciding what costumes to wear yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i I have already openly told people that i am going to be garth from wayne's world so i don't have to wear anything excessive (laughs) because i'm going to be running from thing to thing and i'm like i don't want to get sweaty and things just look bad so fluff this hair up put on my glasses Dance around a Foxy, and I think I'll be solid. <laughs> You're gonna look so cute. Ah, thanks. <laughs> I, I've already b- mentally prepared that whenever I have to actually get on stage and MC for a second to let everybody know my hair doesn't look like that all the time, <laughs> and that I actually put hairspray in it.
0: Are you gonna be in character? <laughs> uh, Are you gonna stare at people and go, "Hey?" Listen. Lot of people here.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I should. I really, I really should. That should be like the first
2: thing that comes out of my mouth. Really? You, you should and don't explain the bit. Just let people wonder. Just yeah, just let thing. people
0: think you're that awkward.
2: Right, right. I love it. <laughs> just, yeah, just take
1: your reputation. One of, the, one of the, um, one of the designs that I saw that you had was one that referenced an edible, and I immediately showed it to him, and I was like, I need this on like a shirt. Yeah, immediately. Oh man, he, okay. He was saying the same thing like cuz he he's got a friend that um also partakes and he's like yeah. this would be perfect for him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh right.
2: Well, I won't. I won't. I wish I did. I should have done shirts of that for the store, but I I doubted myself because shirts are so expensive to create. Yeah, they are,
1: yeah. Though no, they absolutely are. I but would definitely. Just, uh, I could pay for a custom one though, if you have like a drop shipper or something like that.
0: Uh, I can definitely. I should, do that. Yeah, more. I'll
1: throw that up. Yeah,
0: yeah there we go. of
1: course.
2: Anytime there someone
1: go. says that, I
2: throw it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So before we let you go, I I think just out of this conversation, I can, I can guess Tegan, you were definitely kind of as as greg was putting it you're kind of like the 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 gremlin character you would you (laughs) go against the story but in a fun way and and if you know given enough rope it'd be like oh i get it this is actually kind of fun greg am i correct in assuming that um you you were a rules lawyer
3: oh yeah yeah um i i have come a complete you know i've done a complete 180 in my life yeah i began as the very strict and unfunny, non-humour, Raw's lawyer. Everything had to be proper. Yeah. I was like quoting Joseph Campbell to people, like talking about archetypes and the twelve stages of narrative. Sure. Everything was very structured. I even brought in Tarot and tried to describe Tarot to people. It was completely over the top. <laughs> and I had to meet a lot of good people in my life. A lot of people like Tegan who just kind of unpacked all of those biases and deprogrammed me and turned me into the wonderful person I am today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, there are there are plenty of, of gaming archetypes, but it takes a little bit of all of them to actually make a good game. Yeah, I think
3: we're a good mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, it would devolve into chaos if you were letting me run everything all
1: the time. I
2: would right, just say exactly. yes to everything. Same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's the balance that goes out over here. Yeah, if, if it was left to my devices, everything would be chaos. Chaos and
0: order. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. That's that well. I, I look forward vegetables. to. I I look forward to comparing notes with both of you on both chaos and order, <laughs> Uh when we see you in a couple of weeks at found in the other ground. Thank you so much for being on the podcast this week.
2: Oh, thanks for oh, having thank us. It you. was a little fun.
0: Absolutely. We'll be back in a moment with our serotonin boost on the Really Big Fan Podcast. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. Like last week, I'm going to plug the socials now. Make sure you're following us on social media at Really Big Fan Pod. Make sure you're joining us on Patreon for not only ad-free versions of this show, but our Patreon-exclusive show, the Really Big Fan Podcast Double Feature, our uh, first of two Halloween-themed episodes. Should be coming out, uh, I want to say this weekend, as long as I can get to it. And um, yeah, it's me and Mr. Mike Pandoff ranking our top movies of, uh, of all time. And we've got 10 movies now. So as of this episode is when movies start either dropping off the top 10 or not quite making the top 10. There will be bloodshed. There will be, there will be, there will be. You know, it's funny, we were uh, talking to Possum Punks about tabletop role-playing games, and you're like, I don't have a whole lot of experience with it. You played, you played the original Pokemon. It's literally just like Final Fantasy Pokemon that's literally based on old, on tabletop role-playing games. Okay. The way all the math works and the different moves <laughs> and stuff.
1: I don't get it, so okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> you kind of, especially in Pokemon, you want to if you want to catch the Pokemon, you don't want to like kill them. You want to bring them down to low, so you have to kind of mentally remember how how powerful different moves are and mm-hmm. what they're weak against and stuff, so you can bring them down just where you need them. Yeah, so you can catch them, and, and that has a little, that's a lot of that's a lot of what I do with my Final Fantasy games is figuring out like what's I don't want to hit that with my most powerful move, but I definitely want to hit it with a move persona too, mm-hmm. persona as well as just uh it's just a role playing games.
1: Yeah, I. I guess in my mind, I'm like I'm just playing a video game. Like, yeah, it's it's not like I can't even tell you what is what is like a side scrolling game. What is, what is eight to sixteen bit? Like right. I I don't understand any of that. I
0: it's remember just, having my, I just my play games, having my <laughs> mind blown when the first Pokemon game came out, and I was playing it on my Game Boy. Within an hour, I was like, "This is Final Fantasy. This is role play. You're just this is just a way to teach kids math that they don't even realize they're learning math."
1: Mm-hmm. I'm still bad at math, so.
0: Yeah. I guess you just got to play more Pokemon.
1: <sighs> I would if you didn't sell my game. Oh, wow. <laughs> i All right. I'm kidding.
0: I can't wait for me when I eventually rebuy that game for you to f- find <laughs> out what uh, what your excuse will be then for being bad at math.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just bad at math. <laughs> I, I have to own up to two things in my life. I'm bad at math and I'm an awful driver.
0: I didn't say it, <laughs> and I wouldn't say it. All right, well, let's hit our serotonin boost as we wrap up this week's really big fan pod. What do you got for me? Nothing, huh? All right, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> Never go to me first. Yep. I'm always, I'm always unprepared. I'm gonna say for my serotonin boost this week, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna pull out a a Twitter a feed that I just found out. And it is called Persona Characters Skating. Somebody, now that they put uh, Persona 3 and 4 on the PC, uh, as well as Persona 5, has found, you know, the code where the character models are and put them in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Nice. So that you could see all the different characters from Persona pulling off a bunch of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater moves. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video with a bunch of Persona 4 people, but I've seen they've done Persona 3 and 5 characters as well, and it's uh, they've even personalized some of the boards so that they'll have cool graphics from the game on it, and uh, it's fun. It's cool to see. It, it makes me it makes me want to dive back into a Persona game, but also knowing I'm mean, I'm like neck deep in Final Fantasy 13, and those games are essentially the same style of game. Yeah, so like when you're playing one, you're devoting the next like 60 to 100 hours of gameplay to playing this game and I don't want to get into another one while I'm playing one because yeah. <laughs> then I'll probably drop the one I'm playing currently I'll be like ah, I don't need to finish that
1: yeah kind of like when you were hardcore going at Fortnite for so long and then just dead stopped. yeah well I
0: got all the I got all the skins I wanted <laughs> you're just like I'll go back when I have a skin that I want the minute they had spider going back to that game I'm in I'm back but, you know, even, even Jack Skeleton, I'm like, that's funny, but like, nah. <laughs> nah. There is a part of me, though, they made the, um, they did the the comics. Mm-hmm. They did one one summer, it was DC Comics, the next summer it was Marvel Comics, and each comic came with a code. There's a part of me that would like to get the Batman skin. Yeah. Just for the goofballery of Batman shooting people.
1: Yeah. Batman with a gun when he's not. The, the totally that's an that's anti-Batman thing. <laughs> Yep, you could just say he's a scroll. He's scroll Batman. He's scroll Batman. Yeah, that's go. that's how you know he's a scroll. Is that he he has a gun?
0: I'm surprised there's not a scroll equivalent in the DC universe. Maybe there is, isn't. I just don't know because I don't read a lot of DC comics.
1: Yeah, probably. It's probably out there. You never know. Yeah, I, it, almost every Marvel character has its own DC analog, and vice
0: versa. I've got a a serotonin boost boost for you something that I know made you happy this last week cool Oral Oroboros from Loki
1: oh yeah. I love yeah that guy that guy was awesome um I don't know how to pronounce his real name is it K I will look him up K or Key. but um that guy <laughs> he is the most adorable person in Loki from the word go and like I was squealing the whole time is it
0: Wan Lee no. Because that's the other one. K Oh, K-, K Hue Kwan.
1: Yes. yes okay. I, I just don't know if I'm saying it correctly. um But yeah, from the minute you see him, he comes like descending from the ceiling and it's just like, I already love him. And he's so silly slapstick. He adds like the comedy that you need and he gives um opportunity for Owen Wilson to play off that comedy. Yes. And a little bit with Loki, but Loki's like going through something and is being super serious, but you get to see why you like Owen Wilson yes. when they're having dialogue back and forth and it's it's amazing. So yeah, that that definitely was that was the thing. The reason why, like I mean, like a lot of the time I don't even remember what to say for my serotonin boost and I really have to think about it, but like I have no control over my life right now. So yeah. like I've no I, I was like sitting here going, like uh. are we Everything. And I don't want to just be like, I took a really cool photo because that's what makes me happy. That's what, and it
0: sounds so stupid. But I always try and think of like, you know, what 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 brought me a smile to my face this week? What brought me great joy?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I get that part of it. But it's like every time that like you're you do one, you're recommending a thing. And yeah, like, typically what? so I'm like, uh. I'm only thinking about myself and all the cool things I do. Ooh, I took a picture of the lemon twigs this week. (laughs) You know, like, it it sounds stupid. So, yes. Loki was definitely the high point of my week.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We've got another episode to watch. Yes. So let's get to it. We're going to... We're going to log off for the week here. We will join you guys again next week on Twitch. We're typically on Wednesday nights, but um, with our schedules being what they are, uh, this week we were on a Thursday night, and uh, we'll we'll get to you. We'll get to Twitch when we get to Twitch.
1: Yeah. Sorry, guys. That's definitely my fault. I, I'm getting all of these shows from the new gig, and by that meaning I have no control of when there's a show and when there's not a show. Right. So I... I said, okay, I can do all of them, and then went, oh, oh yeah, now we'll, that tonight's crap. <laughs>
0: we'll figure it out. We'll be, that's the thing you can depend on, is that we will be here, even when, like last week I was late getting the podcast up, it wasn't up till Sunday night, but you can depend on, we, are, we still enjoy doing the show, we enjoy talking to each other, and uh, we enjoy hanging out with you guys on Twitch, as well as uh, giving you a podcast every week, so make sure uh, you, you let your friends and family know that you enjoy our podcast and that they should listen to. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of the Really Big Fan Podcast. How's the lamp? What the lamp that? Uh,
1: oh God! You had to throw it, out. It fell off the wall. Oh no! Yeah, um, I didn't so,
0: notice when I came in.
1: Yeah, that's why it's so dark in here. <laughs> I've got like my studio lights, um, be- beaming on us right now. But I came in today and it was on
0: the floor, <sighs>
1: and I was just like, okay, like for duct tape. That duct tape sucked. At least it, that duct tape.
0: At least it didn't happen while we were sleeping. <laughs>
1: I mean that's fair, yeah, that's definitely fair. <laughs> that would have been awful. Just, i I would have just assumed Lou knocked something over. That's typically if we hear a bump
0: in the a month, loud loud bang, it's usually this apartment could be haunted. all the hell. we would never know. No, nope, we would just like our idiot cat is knocking stuff over.
1: I would either think it was our idiot cat or I would think it's our idiot neighbor who came home at like ten thirty or twelve thirty last night and started banging things around in the fucking garage. So
0: angry. It would have been even funnier. If you were mad that they came home at ten thirty.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I wasn't even in bed by ten thirty. But for some reason he was yeah. loading his truck at like midnight. Yeah, well
0: he left What are you doing? He couldn't sleep and he was like, If I do it now, then i have to do it at like six in the morning.
1: I'm going to throw him through a ladder one day. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, wearing, wearing the <laughs> you're
0: wearing the flannel for
1: it. I know. I know. <laughs> and I am I am a half of a tag team champion of mankind with PMS. That's so. true.
0: Does Erica also wear the, the flannel? I don't know. I think probably she goes does She wears Jack. Does she, I was going to say does she wear like the tie-dye? Cuz Oh like, yeah. A hat and stuff. Oh
1: yeah. No. She, love. She's definitely the dude love in this situation. I am not. And you're the you're the I'm Jack. Jack. I am the violent one. Right. <laughs> the very violent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, God.
2: Yeah.